0: hey welcome back to sunday replay this week we are starting off with a reading from genesis chapter 2 verses 4 through 9. the bible says this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created when the lord god made the earth and the heavens now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there God put the man God had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eyes and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the trees of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This reading, which we adapted slightly, is the lead-in to this week's sermon, All Things Breathe. Here's Pastor Mark.
1: On this glorious day, we begin a new sermon series entitled... Breathe. And as we do so, let us breathe in truth by refreshing our spirits with God's affirming words of affirmation. Breathe out prayer, releasing that stress that we may be having with calming, breath oriented prayers. And let us breathe deeply of God's love and mercy, discovering why and how every breath can be an imitation. For peace. So today's message, All Things Breathe, incorporates the scripture passage that we heard. It's from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. And here's where we receive the beginning part of the second creation story. And yes, there are two creation stories indeed. So the first creation narrative, it comes from Genesis chapter one, verse one, and it concludes at two, verse three, which provides us with a structured account of the creation in six days. The world has been spoken into existence by the divine creator, and within this first story, there is order with the pinnacle of God's creative work being the creation of humanity. Well, then, with Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, there's a shift in the creation account, and the emphasis in order, well, it shifts in which the human is formed first, formed from the dust of the ground in which God breathes life into humanity. I'm using the Adam reference that most likely comes from the Hebrew word Adama, meaning earth, The Lord God blew life into his nostrils. Well, in the telling of this story, the author shows how special human beings are. Every person is sacred because every person lives in the breath and the spirit of God, Ruha. Now, often translated as spirit or breath, Ruha appears in the Bible nearly 400 times. And the viewpoint of Ruha is that every person, every creature, every living thing is interconnected by the breath or spirit of God. Which also encompasses the spiritual and life-giving aspect of the Lord's influence. With Ruha, God's breath, like a divine wind, permeates and sustains all life. It is a dynamic and life-giving force. It symbolizes an ongoing connection an ongoing connection between the creator and the creation, which enables growth and movement and transformation, not just physically, but also spiritually. As American theologian and Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann reminds us, and this is what he says, with that gift of breath from God, we receive energy and freedom and power and imagination. Having the gift of breath permits us to do the things that make us truly and fully human. Harmony, the interconnectedness through Ruha underscores the unity of creation while allowing for diversity. All living things, beautifully and wonderfully diverse in all forms and all functions, share a common spiritual essence. It is this unity that encourages a sense of kinship and it encourages a sense of mutual dependence among all elements of creation. And this is an invitation for us, as humanity formed from the earth to respond with gratitude and love and compassion for the sustaining breath from the divine. And in response, we have the opportunity and we should acknowledge that every aspect of creation has intrinsic value and sacredness We should also recognize and treat all living things with respect and dignity and to step up to the responsibility given to us as stewards of God's creation. And that's what we believe here in Harmony, to breathe life into this world and to fulfill our crucial role. Amen? Well, continuing this interconnectedness theme, tomorrow is Martin Luther King holiday and we honor in the memory and ideals of an inspiring leader who brought hope and healing to America. Uh, Dr. King's teachings, in particular uh, in his speeches that were advocating for civil rights and equality and social justice, they reflect a deep understanding of the sanctity of human life. Dr. King's Christian beliefs, influenced by the teachings of love and equality that's in the Bible formed the foundation for his conviction that all people are created in the image of God. He envisioned the beloved community, the beloved community where people of diverse backgrounds could live together harmoniously while sharing the common breath of life that unites them. For Dr. King, His commitment to love, it went beyond personal affection. His commitment involved a universal love for humanity that recognized the interconnectedness of all people. So metaphorically, breathing life into Dr. King's teachings means for us to actively embody and and embrace the principles of justice and equality and nonviolent resistance in our actions and our behaviors, to take these ideals and put them into practice into our daily lives and work toward a more just and inclusive society. By doing so, friends, what we do is we invoke the spirit of Ruha, passionately working towards breathing life and vitality into the values and aspirations that Dr. King dedicated his life to. So this week I'm, you know, I'm pondering about the two creation stories. I'm pondering about Ruha and the gift of breath that we receive from God. I'm reflecting about Dr. King. And what kept swirling about my head with all of these was this concept of interconnectedness but this time i then added to it and i honed in then about my breath and your breath our breath breathing how often do you consciously think about breathing i hey i really don't think about it that often just going to admit probably because breathing's involuntary it's an automatic process it doesn't require much of any conscious effort on our part and my part but But if you think about it, on average, did you know, on average, that we're breathing 20,000 breaths a day? 20,000 breaths a day. And that's more than just the air that's bringing in and out of our body. That breath and breathing is interconnected with our body in several ways. Our breath sends signals to nearly every vital aspect of our being. That regulates our mood and energy, our digestion, our hormone production, metabolism, respiration, cell production. It's just so much more. And when we give ourselves an opportunity to breathe, we activate the natural ways that our body already knows how to support us. What I also find interesting is how we breathe. Do you know who the most expert breathers are? babies, Mm -hmm. I gave you the hint up there on the monitor, if you look closely at how a baby breathes, parents will, they can back me up on this now, you'll notice something that might surprise you, the primary breath that a baby takes is in their belly, however, over time that changes, kids stop breathing into their belly and then they start to become chest breathers, just like us adults. And that's not a good thing because it's causing our body harm in ways that we didn't mean to. In addition, we become stressed-out breathers, on top of which the majority of our breathing is done through our mouth rather than through our nose. That's also not good. I'm just going to give you one example, and it ties into what that song that Gaddison sang about. Studies show us that we absorb about 18% more oxygen through nasal breathing then through breathing through our mouths at harmony we often talk about mindfulness how it frees us to live into the now well the practice of mindfulness is enhanced when we notice our breathing when we use our breath to remind us of the divine creator's peaceful presence when we meditate on god's loving word, and when we enjoy activities to restore uh, calm to our bodies and emotions. Breathing is one of the best ways our body knows how to relax and lower our stress responses. And by practicing mindful breath work, we can lower our blood pressure, better manage chronic pain, we can reduce feelings of depression. We can lower our heart rate, manage symptoms of illness, and that list goes on and on and on. With every breath we take, friends, we hold the powerful gift of nurturing and taking care of God's beautiful creation, and that's you. One way that I um, nurture and take care of myself is by traveling. I love to travel, and it helps me breathe, breathe very well. Uh, Back in July of 2019, I was on a Rick Steves tour uh, in Scotland. It was my very first uh, Rick Steves tour, and I actually will say I recommend them. They're really nice. Uh, we stopped at St. Andrews, which is a a very quaint, uh, historic seaside town in Scotland that's famous worldwide. It's called the Home of Golf. And St. Andrew's motto, though, in Latin, which ties into our sermon series, is Dum spiro spero, which translates to, while I breathe, I hope. We need to breathe. From a spiritual standpoint, intentional breathing enables us to challenge the spirit in new ways. We breathe in new life possibilities when we breathe into being, trusting the Spirit to lead us outside of our comfort zones. And while I certainly, certainly encourage everyone to have daily prayer time, mm -hmm, I want you to add something for a change of pace. Breath prayers. An example of a breath prayer is, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And this example is you breathe in slowly and deeply as you think. I actually like the thinking instead of whispering out. Just think it. The Lord is my shepherd. And then you hold your breath for a moment and your consciousness of God's presence. And then you exhale as you think, I shall not want. So let's try this together. What do you say? Huh? Okay. So, everyone, I want you to breathe in slowly and deeply as you think the Lord is my shepherd. Ready? Here we go. Hold your breath and your consciousness of God's presence. And as you exhale, I want you to say and think, I shall not want. Now, how did that feel? Now, imagine doing that for a few minutes Because with breath prayers, it's simple. We can take a short verse. We can paraphrase Scripture. You can take uh, statements. And saying these just for those few minutes, it does not have to be long. It can be two, three minutes. It helps us breathe deeply to slow down, staying in tune with the peace of Christ. Breath prayers remind us that prayer is as natural as breathing. All right, so I'm bringing this message, All Things Breathe, to a close. After being told that the world is still being created, and yeah, folks, that's the truth, it's still being created, and that it is Christ who is reaching his fulfillment in it, the French priest and scientist Pierre Teilhard de Chardin wrote... When I heard and understood that saying, I looked and saw as though in an ecstasy that through all nature I was immersed in God. God is everywhere. Every breath that passes through me, envelops me, or captivates me, emulates without any doubt from the heart of God. Like a subtle and essential energy, it transmits the pulsations of God's will. Faith community, let us be thankful for every breath we take, which is a gift from the divine creator and and an extension of God. Let us breathe new life into how we care for this beautiful planet which we've been gifted, which is the Holy One's creation, And let us breathe freely into the truth of and the spirit of Ruha in loving our neighbor and opening ourselves up to fresh new possibilities. And let us breathe in truth, breathe out prayer, and breathe deeply of God's love and mercy. Amen? Amen? Amen.
0: It's time for the Sunday Replay Halftime Show, where every week we take a few moments to talk about the opportunities that you have to connect with the Harmony Faith community. First, the North Hollywood Interfaith Food Pantry is looking for your support and we have a connection to this awesome organization at Harmony through our meditation ministry director Rev. Jefferson Beaker who is on the board at the Food Pantry. Now the Food Pantry is looking for donations and it's not just food that they need. You know, I remember last year we had a speaker come visit Harmony and they talked about their need for things like grocery bags and egg cartons. So if you feel led to give, I would encourage you to contact Jefferson and his email is is Jefferson, J-E-F-F, E-R-S-O-N at hollywoodumc.org and let him explain to you some of the ways that you can get involved, can give and can support the food pantry and our neighbors living with homelessness. Also we want to welcome a new member to the Harmony staff. Julia Dennis has joined us as our new family ministry director and she is so excited to work with the children and teenagers of our faith community but she cannot do it alone and she needs help through volunteers who can serve once a month in Harmony Kids. So if you are able to serve once a month or you just want to learn more, you can contact her. Her email address is Julia, J-U-L-I-A at HollywoodUMC.org and let her give you some info about how you can get plugged in with the families at Harmony. Now, don't forget this week on the Harmony Podcast Network there's a new episode of Inner Harmony. We'll hope that you will tune in for that. And now, let's listen to a learn segment with special guest Pina de Rosa.
1: So today we have with us um, Pina de Rosa. And so welcome, Pina. Yes. Thank you it's you a for good
2: pronouncing it. Perfect pronunciation, not turning me into a pineapple. I so appreciate that.
1: (laughs) So Pina, she speaks five languages. I love that. Wow, that's very impressive. Is a two-time TEDx speaker.
0: Yes.
1: uh, A grief counselor who in her free time, she created a 501c3 nonprofit inspired by her beloved dog, Wellington Senior, when he was still alive. Uh, Also, uh, she's written a book, the That's little handbook of That's
2: pet Wellington grief senior support, right
1: yes, and she <laughs> gifted me one. I thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, and with uh, hashtag uh, Mission Wellington and it's uh, treatforpups.com, yeah. uh, Pina and Wellington Jr., yes, uh, bring pet food and blankets and supplies to homeless pets who are living in the streets with their unhoused owners. And one last tidbit, if you follow pina and wellington jr on social media uh there at it is at uh at life according to wellington and you can uh, go to facebook you can go to yeah. ig as he well he has a
2: business card i don't <laughs> he does
1: <laughs> yeah so uh, and this is a great tie-in to breathe the series as well as our love for creation amen all right. So today we begin this uh, with a two-part. I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Mm-hmm. As a grief counselor, yes. How is it that you came about choosing to focus on pet parents? And then the second part of that is, why do you say in your book that it hurts to even breathe? And I mean, I'd love for you to say a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. So how many of you have a pet or have had a pet? or know someone with a pet. Yeah. So if you've had a pet who passed, you understand exactly the pain of losing that pet. It literally hurts to breathe. And for those of you, I wrote this book for those of you who don't have a pet, but who have a friend with a pet going through it, and sometimes we feel like we want to give someone space, we're going to give them privacy, we want to tell them, let me know what you need. That doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. It's respectful, but it's really not helpful. So I because it's painful for them to breathe. They don't even know what they need or how to express it. And in our society, there's very little help for pet parents. I was at the receiving end of comments like, well, I got over two miscarriages, you can certainly get over this. What do you say to that? I'm sorry you went through two miscarriages or lost your grandmother my beloved grandmother you know we love grandmothers but it's not a points game so in our culture is a very disenfranchised type of grief so as much as i'm working right now with someone in chicago whose partner passed away four days before christmas and i do focus on human grief i specialize my book is on specifically pet parents grief because it's a very disenfranchised grief and it's like, well, he lived a long life. You can adopt again. Da, 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 da. And none of this is really helping. Mm-hmm. And, pe- and people stop sharing, and then their grief prolongs. Or there is the toxic positivity. Well, you had a long time with them. He's no longer in pain. Blah, blah, blah. So, chapter four gets past all the platitudes of what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do that actually is helpful. What can you say that helps your friend? And what you accidentally don't want to say, that might not be as helpful. Mm -hmm. Even, how are you doing today? Don't ask that. Because the person doesn't even know who they are, let alone how they are. Am I still a dog mom, a bird mom, a a cat dad? Who am I? Where does all the love go? Mm -hmm. So it really helps you help them. And if you're grieving, it helps you, of course. But Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're grieving, it's hard to breed. So yeah. it's intended for you to be a good friend and supporting them and how to support them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, 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 uh, we had talked earlier, I uh, am the parent of birds. Yeah. And so I have two birds, but I, I've lost three birds over time and, you know, having them for 10 years, for 12 years, time. 15 years and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And you grieve. Of course, oh, so
2: imagine if you lost a 15-year-old boy, mm-hmm. nobody would expect you to be at work and meet a deadline, FedEx, whatever, 2 p.m. on Monday. Nobody would say, oh, you'll get another bird.
1: Yeah. Well, they do. <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> right, but, you it's know. Sort of but, like,
1: it's like, oh, you
2: lost the dog, go we'll get another dog. Yeah, right, then a, they, would, they wouldn't say you'll get another boy the same way. Right, right. Right, so
1: you and probably. It's almost, almost, too, it's like, get over it. It's just a pet.
2: Yeah, That's just part of it. That's why it hurts to breathe. Because not only it hurts to breathe for you, but from our culture, Mm -hmm. we're getting this. Like, there's no St. Francis walking around there.
1: Um, So what is something that we all can do to support a grieving pet parent? And what is a tangible tool that you can give Mm -hmm. us today?
2: So when a friend's pet has passed, if that friend's pet has been cremated and the ashes will be coming home. Offer to be there with them. Offer to arrive an hour early before the ashes are delivered. Hopefully they're being delivered by the cremation place, like not by FedEx, but I don't recommend that because I've actually had a client in panic that she was out of town and the ashes had been left out on the porch and she could see it through the ring camera and she was panicking. So If that is the case, offer to go pick up the ashes. So something like this Mm. never happens. The person grieving should never be driving to pick up the ashes because the return with that little urn in the back or in the front seat is gonna be extremely emotional and volatile. That person should not be driving. So they should be the passenger or an Uber, Lyft, whatever. If you can be there with them, offer to be there, you know, early, an hour, so there's, like, emotions are somewhat a little bit calm. Then the ashes are arriving with, hopefully, the company that most company will do a hand delivery uh, from the cremation place. And even if the pet was a Labrador, a German shepherd, not just a tiny kitty, like a big, giant pup, it's gonna be a tiny, tiny box. So the person's gonna be extremely shocked by how small Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna be like, my child has never been this small. So be mindful to be with them just with that moment. And then because this is their home, their mind and their heart are gonna vacillate between, this is my pet, this is not my pet this is my pet, this is not my pet, it's just going to go back and forth, because the mind has understood the reality, but the heart is like, this is not him, her, so invite them, you know when we do that one minute of silence, that, you know, with the MLK holiday that we have coming up, even with the 20 year of 9-11 with any special moment and we do that one minute of silence that brings sense of reverence and respect and regard. Bring that one minute of silence to the welcoming of the ashes, but, or and, welcome the ashes in that one minute of silence, room to room to room. So you're basically welcoming the earthly remains of that pet room to room to room, because this is their home. This is their earthly remains. This is their final safe resting place, regardless of how that pet passed. And so maybe you put your hand on your friend's shoulder if you have that level of rapport. Maybe you just guide them next to, and then it could be down the hallway, down the bathroom as well, because the pet Probably follow that person down the bathroom, down the bedroom, down the kitchen. Just And if they lingered, maybe ask them, was their favorite spot? Maybe the, the sun pool by the couch and just spend a couple more seconds there. But basically spend that one minute of silence going down room to room in the house. That one minute will go by really quickly. Nothing weird will happen. If the person has a garden, they have a patio. Then do that one minute. The pet might have had a a root in the morning that they do, like they always do it counterclockwise, or maybe ask Mm -hmm. them, did they do a clock? So, and then follow that same root and welcome the ashes home. Because oftentimes we have this tiny box and what do we do with it? It seems weird. And now I'm just crying because it is going to be the second saddest day after their passing and they're gutted, but they're also relieved that they're finally home. So with this one tangible action, and it'll take simply a minute to be able to do each room and potentially a garden or a patio in the same route that the pet had and ask them, you know, was there a particular, Rose bush where your pet was hanging out by and even if it was a cat because sometimes cats are indoor-outdoor but It's perfectly okay. Ask them and let them guide you and welcome because this is their home And then when they come back into the living room, then you can just sit for a moment This will give you something tangible to do with reverence with respect and with regard Rather than now there is this small box and I don't know what to do and I'm gutted. And they will be crying, but it will be a release. There's actually a protein in our tears. When people say tears are healing, it's not just a metaphor. Physiologically, not the chop chop onion tears, not the wind tears. The emotional tears release a protein in our body that strengthens our immune system. So let your friend cry Instead of saying, oh, don't cry, it's okay, let them, because it's actually healing their body, and it's healing them to release it. And then eventually, they can choose a resting place for right now. They probably still have the bed. Invite them to let that urn rest in the bed for now, and then in a couple of days, you can choose a different place. You don't have to decide. Just walk them through. Right now, it's okay to be there. And then in six months, they could choose a final resting place. It doesn't need to, tomorrow, you know, whenever it is. But this one little action, simple action, meaningful action, they will remember you forever with gratitude. They may not even know because they've been completely bamboozled. They don't even know what is happening. Or you could tell them ahead of time, hey, there is a ritual. It's in this book. You can let them read the chapter. It's two and a half pages. So it's very simple. If it's you and your husband that want to go through it, talk about it ahead of time. But it's the simplest and most profound thing that you could do for someone going through it, and it'll help them just settle. It will be sad. It'll be also relief. Um, But it'll give you something tangible to do.
1: That was meaningful, and and thank you for sharing that. Um, It reminds me of... uh, My last uh, love bird, which was a kiwi, and uh, yeah, the the container is small, tiny, like almost like a
2: jewelry box.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, (gasps) but I I was there for Kiwi's last breath, uh, because I knew she was dying, and so I placed her on my chest. Uh, And she fluttered and flew into my neck where she would nest it and then breathe her last breath.
2: Oh, Um, that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: So, but I, yeah, so I, again, can relate to what you're saying. Um, So how does, let's shift over and talk about your animal charity. Yeah. uh, Treatsforpups.com. Yeah. Uh, And how does, how does this tie into our message of breathe? Yeah. Uh, And, and how does it help the community to breathe?
2: Yeah. And you'll find both the .com and the .org, they will both lead to the same place. Um, How it helps the community breathe is that, um, so when a friend's pet passes, sometimes we don't know what to do for them, and my favorite page at treatsfootpups.com is what I call the memorial wall. There's a digital memorial wall. You could do a donation in tribute to a friend's pet who's passed, And when you do the donation, it'll say, is this in tribute of a pet? And then you can send us a photo with the donation and a special tribute. And then when the photo is ready, because it's not like Instagram and Facebook, we actually, through um, our channels, then we upload it and let you know when it's ready, usually within seven days. Um, unless I am traveling like you. (laughs) Sometimes I take off, but usually within seven days, it's up, we let you know. And then we also announce it to the bereaver so that their pet from the Rainbow Bridge is getting to make a difference for pets in need. And they feel that that is really meaningful. Another way is all their items when they're ready. My boy had three beds. One was donated to Mission Wellington and Treats for Pups. Their unfinished pet medication, their toys, gently loved, their unfinished treats, anything that that pet had could be at any of our 11 drop-off locations. We had 10 until yesterday, now we have 11 as of last night. (laughs) Um, So when you go to treatsforpops.com and you check drop-off locations, you'll see there is plenty nearby and you can drop them off there. And then the doggy bags, you could just sponsor one if you'd like to do that today, we're prepared for that. Um, You can keep one in the car and pay it forward that way.
1: So last question as we wrap this up is what will help you breathe this year? And uh, what support do you need to do that?
2: So I am local, I'm five miles down the road took me eight minutes to get here, so I love that. Uh, and my clients are worldwide. I'm counseling someone in, like I said, Chicago right now. I have someone in Florida. I have someone in Hong Kong. Um, so I'm everywhere. Um, what will help me is if you got value today, consider... Um, Yeah, consider sharing the book, like either getting it for yourself and sharing it with someone, have Amazon deliver it to them. Uh, The easiest thing would be to follow us on Instagram, Mm -hmm. right there. And then um, share our, we have that PSA that you saw, cost you nothing. Share it on your Instagram, um, sponsor a doggy bag review the book, you know, reach out if you want to volunteer, anything like that. But right. um, the opportunity to share this message was it valuable to you? Was there any questions?
1: Yes, it was very good. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, Wellington.
2: Yeah.
1: Well it has been a blessing to meet you and oh, to have you here with us and you. to share about your story, and but also for us to learn about what you're doing yeah. to assist those who are grieving, but also those who are out on the streets with pets and yeah. ways that we can help, I would which have, we're always looking for.
2: Yeah, I would have never seen the city if it wasn't for my boy showing it to me through his eyes and realizing, I know it's LA, but it's cold. And how are these people doing it Mm -hmm. with their pets? And it's not just during the holidays. It's year-round. So we're grateful to do this year-round. So thank you for sharing.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sunday Replay. This week's guests were Pastor Mark Stevenson and Pina DeRosa. This episode was produced by Donna Miller and hosted by me, Jace Lucas. Sunday Replay is a part of the Harmony Podcast Network from Harmony to Luca Lake, a campus of Hollywood United Methodist Church. Find us on social media, on Facebook, or on Instagram, and connect with us there if you want to learn more. You can like, rate, comment, subscribe, download this episode. Do it for all the previous episodes. All of those things help us to continue making content on the network. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue our Breathe series. But until then, as Pastor Mark always likes to say, peace.